Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact-check claims made on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1361 with Commander David Fravor and Jeremy Corbell. The episode is mostly about the so-called Tic Tac video. The Tic Tac video is certainly the most compelling evidence brought up in the whole episode hands down and i think a lot of ufo people out there see it as sort of the holy grail of ufo videos but the first thing the first thing to note when you sort of get into it is that um it's not just about the video it's about the eyewitnesses as well so there's the Tic Tac video that they watch on the episode, and then there's the eyewitness testimony of Fravor himself and all the other pilots. But what this eyewitness testimony is claiming is that they could see and judge this 40-foot object. They say it was 40 feet in the New York Times article that they reference a bunch in the episode from 40 miles away which i know you gotta have like a plus eyesight to join the air force but that stretches plausibility to me how much of this could they have really seen from that distance because the new york times article says it was only 50 feet above the water as for the actual video um, I read that Dr. Steve Cummings, who is the Vice President of Technology Development and Execution at Raytheon Space and Airborne Systems, which made the thing that recorded the video, said that visual displays alone are not the best evidence, and that to really be sure, we would need the raw data. So I think it says something that this guy is not convinced, but the pilots, or the pilots, is convinced that's a bit suspicious to me and then there are also other explanations for the rapid movement in the actual tic tac video other than the one fravor goes with which is aliens um major mcgaha who was a uh, u.s air force special operations pilot um, wrote a piece where he says, which I'll link in the description, uh, he says that the movement is the camera having momentarily reached the limit of its panning ability while the F-18 was banking. So then this creates the illusion on the screen that the object suddenly shoots away, when in reality it's just a, a combination of the plane and the camera moving. And then Mikaha points out that the angle of the objects moving is uh, the same bank angle as the F-18, which I think makes that explanation pretty convincing. Mick West, who they mention in this episode, and has also been on his own episode of Joe Rogan, also has uh, written a bunch of stuff about this video, and uh, he has a YouTube video uh, which I'll put in the description, where he points out that the UFO's, uh, you know, hyper jump 
coincides with a change in the zoom level from 1.0 to 2.0. And when you shrink it down by 50% to accommodate for this, the Tic Tac really isn't moving at that crazy of a speed. So I would recommend watching his video on it because it's pretty convincing. Between the zoom level thing that McWest points out and what Major Magaha points out, I think um, there's a pretty plausible explanation for it's just the camera and it's not actually a crazy drone or a UFO. I'm not really sure you even need any sort of an explanation beyond this. Fravor also talks about mysterious churning water below, um, which isn't as interesting because there's no video of it. Uh, it's just eyewitness testimony. But it was probably just a submarine. You don't even really need too much of an explanation for that. And there, there are a handful of other things that are quite suspicious to me in this interview or that at least make you I think look at the video and Fravor's account in a different light. The first of which is that he says quote I think there's a reason the government doesn't tell the public everything. Not everything needs to go out to the public unquote. So this isn't a crazy opinion. You know I'm sure a lot of people have this opinion uh, to some degree or another but is this the opinion of someone who, if they found out it was some advanced U.S. aircraft, would this person then tell the public what they know? If he found out what it really was, would he tell Joe Rogan the truth? I'm not sure that someone who thinks this and was in the Air Force would do that. There's also his, his story that he tells about uh, screwing with the campers and trolling them basically by flying by at night and like flashing the lights on his plane to essentially create UFO stories. He has a weird lack of self-awareness about what this story could mean. It could mean, one, you know, this guy is just a troll. He likes messing with people. He likes pranking campers into thinking UFO exists. And he's, he's just messing with Joe Rogan and the UFO community at large. He's, he's just a troll. That's entirely possible, as Joe Rogan would say. It also makes me think of another possibility, which is, what if there's essentially a level above Fravor that is messing with him, just like he messed with the campers? So there is a, a team of people who work on this super advanced drone that can move in crazy ways. And just like Fravor would go on joyrides messing with campers, these guys occasionally fly their crazy drone around pilots to mess with them and create UFO stories. To me, that's a lot more plausible than aliens. So... Thank you, Fravor, for giving me that idea. There's also the fact that he, at the beginning, he sort of tries to say, oh, 
you know, I was never into aliens or UFOs or anything like that. That wasn't really my thing. In an attempt to say, essentially, that it was not on his mind when he saw the Tic Tac. But he admits that his wife and mother-in-law were always asking him about UFOs. He said every time he'd be home, his mother-in-law would say, Oh, have you seen any UFOs? You know, just joking around. But what that means is that UFOs very much were on his conscious, and that it undoubtedly influenced his thinking when he saw the Tic Tac. You know, just like if you, uh, you know, if you were in like Scientology, and you saw this Tic Tac, you'd be like, oh, you know, that's got to be the, you know, level twenty-eight dragon, of course. You know, what you think about, what you go in with your preconceived notions is, of course, going to influence, you know, what you end up thinking. But the most suspicious thing he says in the whole interview is this. 20 minutes in, uh, Rogan asks him if the video, the Tic Tac video, was classified. And he says no. Then an hour and 44 minutes in, Heat Fravor says the videos were originally classified. So is it possible that he just forgot? Because, you know, this happened 15 years ago? Yeah, it's, it's possible. Or he can't keep his story straight. And he is, you know, some sort of a disinformation agent who, in fact, knows that it's an advanced drone or something like that. And now he's, you know, making the media rounds, uh, saying it's a UFO or whatever. You can't really, you know, prove that he's lying because he, he could have just forgot. But it's certainly a contradiction in his story that makes me more suspicious than ever, for sure. And then towards the end of the interview, uh, <laughs> they're talking about what the takeaway should be. What should the application of this be? And what Fravor basically says is that because of these sightings, because of the Tic Tac video, more money needs to be put into researching this. So what that would mean is that the, the end goal of all this is that the military budget should be increased a little bit. Specifically, the military budget as it pertains to the job that he himself used to have. He's saying, yeah, my bros, you know, they need more money, so, yeah, we should do that. It's very convenient, to say the least, that that's the, the big application of all of this. Give, give my old department more money. Fravor also makes a couple of sort of meta-arguments uh, in favor of the alien's explanation. The first of which is that, and this is, I think, his, his best argument, which is that if it were a human-made thing, Russia, China, U.S., whatever, it would have come out by now because the Tic Tac video is from 15 years ago. So people would certainly know about this thing by now. But I'm not, I'm not totally convinced by that, because what if there are simply no real applications for the technology yet? Maybe there's no civilian applications for it yet. 
maybe it doesn't work properly yet. It keeps crashing or it just like blows up or whatever, so they can't use it. Or what if it does work and they're just sitting on it because it's like they're ace in the ace in the hole. They don't want anyone to find out. I think those explanations are at least as plausible as aliens, to my mind. His other meta-argument is what I will call, thanks to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the science is a liar sometimes argument. He essentially says that because things that were previously thought to be impossible turned out to be possible, such as the Earth revolving around the sun, things that are currently thought to be impossible, such as anti-gravity UFOs, will turn out to be possible in the future. But this argument, if you think about it for an additional 15 seconds, is absurd because you could use it to justify anything. You could say, well, yes, lightsabers seem like science fiction technology today. It seems impossible. But people also used to think that the Earth revolving around the sun was impossible. Ergo, surely in the future we will have lightsabers. So you could use this argument for anything. So it's really not much of an argument at all. So what actually really happened for real? I would say there's three options you can go with. One, Fravor honestly mistook a drone or some advanced technology for a UFO and has convinced himself over the years that it was aliens. Or you could say too, he knows that it's a drone or something and he's now on some sort of cover-up campaign. That's why he contradicts himself and why he you know, advocates for an increase in the military budget and you know government secrecy. Or three, you could just say it's aliens. I'll, I'll let you decide whatever you think is the most probable. Personally, I think two is probably the case. Either way, whichever one it is, I don't think that Fravor is some sort of evil or nefarious person, even if he's lying. You know, he's, he's just lying to cover up some, you know, top secret aircraft, which isn't a nefarious thing to be doing. He's certainly a lot more credible than Bob Lazar, or Boo Blazer, as I like to call him. And this whole episode is really a whole lot uh, more plausible than that episode. The common thread between the two episodes, of course, being Jeremy Corbell. Uh, if we're going to talk about Boo Blazer, it's, it's time to talk about Jeremy Corbell. The thing to keep in mind about Corbell is that unlike Fravor and uh, Laser, he directly profits off the entertainment value of this via the documentary. So there's no incentive for him to just be straightforward. Uh, unlike Fravor and Laser, who sort of boast that, oh, you know, I'm not getting anything out of this. He is getting something out of this. And the, the, the first part of this episode is mostly Fravor talking. It's at least somewhat reasonable. It's believable. If you don't know about any of the camera 
explanations. You could definitely think that it was real. But then Corbell starts talking more and it, it just gets ridiculous. He, he brings up Columbus's a UFO sighting, which I looked up and here's what Columbus actually wrote. Quote, a small wax candle that rose and lifted up, which to few seemed to be an indication of land, unquote. That is Columbus's record of this so-called UFO sighting. And most people just think that what he's seeing is land. You know, it's something on land, Native Americans lighting a fire or whatever. That's what he thought it was, an indication of land. And that's, that's probably what it was. Corbell also brings up this sort of meta-argument for the whole thing. Um, he appeals, oddly enough, to Occam's razor, and he says that it makes more sense to believe that what Fravor claims happened happened than it does to believe that all the pilots are lying or that things malfunctioned, because just believing in Fravor's account assumes less. This really isn't the case, because I think I've shown that you don't need to think that anything malfunctioned, and you don't need to think that Fravor is lying uh, to think that Corbell's whole big alien theory is wrong. And, I mean, obviously his theory actually has far more assumptions if you really want to get into Occam's razor and the actual point of it, because Corbell's theory, you'd have to assume that aliens exist. You'd have to assume that anti-gravity UFO technology is possible and exists. You'd have to assume that aliens visited the Earth and a whole bunch of other stuff. I I don't think that Corbell really wants to bring uh, Occam's razor into this whole thing. You really wouldn't want to apply it to Boo Blazer's story at all. I won't even I won't even get into that. That's a whole other episode. And then uh, more ridiculous things are discussed. The paintings. It gets a little ancient aliens tear there for a while. But then Corbell kind of brings it back. And he he says two things which are at least plausible, if not basically true. Certainly you could say that these two things are more true than they are, than they are false. Uh, Corbell said that Bill Clinton... Uh, looked into UFOs and the JFK assassination. And this might really be true, because uh, in the memoir titled Friends in High Places, Webster Hubble, who was the associate attorney general for Clinton, says that Clinton personally asked him to look into UFOs and JFK. Now, what sort of hurts the credibility of Hubble is that he went to jail uh, for legal fraud, <laughs> and he, even he didn't say that Clinton was denied access about UFOs, which is what Corbell is claiming. What, what Hubble writes is that the military told Clinton that UFOs weren't a threat. So it's not exactly what Corbell is claiming, but it's certainly more true than it is false, which is more than can be said for basically anything else Corbell says. The other president he brings up is Jimmy Carter, who, while he was on the campaign trail, 
really did, as Corbell says, promise to release all UFO information to the public. Uh, and so then he won. But then he walked back his promise. And he said that there were defense implications that prevented him from releasing all this information. What this probably means is that all the files and stuff on UFOs are tied up with files about, you know, top secret Air Force stuff. So you can't just post it all where, like, Russians could see it. It doesn't really mean that, you know, UFOs are confirmed to exist. But it's at least something. I'll, I'll give Corbel this one. And, and I will say that overall, this episode was less ridiculous and a lot more plausible things were said in this video or in this episode than are brought up in the Boob Laser episode, which is just totally ridiculous. So my goal for this podcast is to make an episode for every episode of the Joe Rogan experience that doesn't uh, feature a comedian or a fighter, which th those episodes do happen every now and then. So uh, hopefully once I sort of get the hang of things and I can make these episodes faster, I'll be able to keep up with the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, but in the meantime, just remember to take everything you hear on the Joe Rogan experience with a grain of salt.